so you know so last episode we did i'm gonna say so so many times um <laughs> so, so. <laughs> yeah well so, last time we had a great guest yeah we did so we had jasco jasco yeah. games uh, on the show mm-hmm. which was there was too many there was jason there was josh there was matt if you want the full list go listen to last episode in case we get it wrong that's like exactly what i was going to say is you know in episode <laughs> in episode 20 which mm-hmm. is our last episode uh we, we we talked to the guys at jasco games and i did want to do a follow-up you know as a segue, <clears> and yeah. that is they 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 dropped the 500 color miniature 500,000 goal. Yeah, 500,000 miniature uh, $500,000 color miniatures down to 300,000. Of course, like within a couple of minutes of them posting that, they exceeded <laughs> the 300,000, which for me that makes me very excited. Yes, and Tim was very happy. Oh, uh, I think I actually I think you texted me and I went I already know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh I'm looking at the page right now. They're at 2200 backers and $312,000. Amazing. I, I'm really excited for this game. I will say there's only one bug I have right now with it. Mm. Is I'm going to have to buy it. And it's not really a bug per se of me not wanting to get the game or I think it's a detriment to buying for someone buying the game. However, you're going to need to buy if you're a collector like me and you like keeping everything kind of neat and able to, you know, bust down a game very quickly and set it up for your friends. You're going to need to go to JM Fabrics and buy a lot of plastic holders. <laughs> well, especially if you get the get in on it right now, because every time they unlock, like, I think it's every two and a half thousand right now, they're unlocking yep. another add-on, which many of these are figures. Yes. Uh, so, I, I don't know. Listen to the full episode last time. It's really exciting. I have not officially backed it yet, but I'm sure I will before it's all over with. It's okay. Epic Turn has backed and gotten at least one deluxe bundle. Yes, yes. I am waiting. Uh, you know, there's five days to go. I'm going to see where they are at the uh, at the 48 hour mark. They're going to be somewhere awesome. Yes. Yes. And at the 24 hour mark, they're going to make that look pretty sad, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I expect in the last, yeah, last 24 hours, I expect at least 50 to 100,000 hike. Just. Oh, yeah. Easy. Yeah. Easy. Easy. <laughs> easy. Well, the thing is, at five hundred thousand, we get a golden Mega Man. So I just want my golden Mega Man. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like the five hundred thousand gold now is Mega Man, <laughs> golden. <laughs> Which you know, for me, that's important because you know I want a golden Mega Man on my desk at work. So he uh, can stand okay. Right yeah. Yeah. So he can stand right next to my Mega Man X from D Arts. There so. you go. There you go. Okay. Yeah. So we have any other follow up? There is none I have right now, mm-hmm. surprisingly. Uh, even though I've been doing nothing but reading hobby news, there is nothing that you know I want to. I feel is going to get a good discussion between the two of us, other than us just reporting news. Yeah, and realistically, I mean, we can talk about cool stuff people are doing all day long. Because let's face it, there's a lot of cool stuff, especially on Kickstarter. Oh, big time! But you know, I I, I listened to a review earlier, and I'm not going to go into who it was or what game it was, but it was it was a good review. I enjoyed it, but it, it effectively turned out to being about 15 minutes of them reading the rule book mm-hmm. in, in a very fun way, and then it was about five minutes of them giving what they actually thought about the game. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I like that. No, well, that's not the format we've ever used. Well, but we've done that where yeah, we have yeah. explained how a game works and everything else. I mean, you know, I don't think we ever were quite as polished as they were uh, in the in the 
conveying of the roles, we did a lot more freeform. <laughs> <laughs> polish, polish. Um, we'll go with that one. Something Epic Turn does not have. Yeah, yeah. Our, 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 <laughs> our artwork on the websites speak volumes to that. Oh, oh I'm sorry. It's, sorry, it's 350 for my exclusive gold Mega Man. Oh, you'll hit that easy. Yeah, yeah. I get my yeah. gold Mega Man. I'm happy. Yeah, anyway, sorry. Last time, I just want my color and vote now. I want it to be gold, twenty-four <laughs> karat gold. Mm. If it is, oh, I'll be happy. P three paints. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, I looked at my page. I'd open looking at that list of paints. It's okay. Yeah. Um, but, okay. Well, but where yeah, do we go no, from I here? Mean, you were you were talking about the whole. Uh, dry reviewing in a sense right you know i i enjoy that format in a way i don't know if we're very good at it um i don't think we are you know uh we have gotten some good feedback on some of the re- some of the episodes where we've done where we actually have gone in and and talked about how a game works um that's true i did feel bad because as i listened and explained the game of the rules i found a a small but significant verbiage mistake mm-hmm and where where they said may instead of can or or or, or, or worst or, yeah basically you know and I'm like oh no no it's not an option you have to do that uh. <laughs> nitpicker <laughs> well it's it, it can make a lot of difference oh no may is a very strong keyword especially in card games oh yeah and you know this wasn't a card game but it it's one of those things like if you had the option of doing it at any time thereafter in the game it made a lot of difference rather than doing it there mm-hmm. yeah. Hmm. Hmm. But anyway, it was fun to review, and uh, oh, you know, good, good props to the guy. They love the game, so yeah, that's even better. Yeah, yeah. But so the other thing, you know, I've been doing this this past. Well, I did it on vacation, mm-hmm. and I've been spending like a week or two getting started on it. Is eventually when you wrap up your Pathfinder campaign, yes, I'm gonna want to switch gears into Shadowrun, mm. and I've been slowly, slowly. As a, a good a good friend of ours put, uh, spamming the crap out of him. I think was that good friend me? No. Oh, okay, because I, I, no, I said no, something about thought, it too. No you, no, you thought I got hacked. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I thought I was literally being spammed by you. <laughs> no, but uh, so switching gears to it, you know, I this this is actually it goes in tandem with something else as well. But mm-hmm. I'll get to that in a moment. Is from you're a GM, I'm a GM. And I think everybody you know, at GM, I think we have you oh, know, God, when, we, no. when, we, when we do a story for our players, you know, we're, we're trying to give them a world. We're trying to give them a place, uh, not an escape. Well, for some, it is an escapism, but we're trying I to think for us, a, it's an escapism. Let's face it. <laughs> but it, it allows for um, you want to present them a story and you want to get your artistic vision of what you're seeing out you know, you out to the open and you want to provide a lot of fun for your friends or kill them. If you're, if you're into that. Yeah. Yeah. The, ulti- <laughs> the ultimate S and M, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the, and the thing that I always, I always find interesting is from my years of GMing is in my opinion, there is a right way to be a player and there's a wrong way to be a player. Mm-hmm. There are, there well, let me in, in a very high degree, and I'll and this will lead into what I'm trying to say is I'm not saying that you don't forgo the typical archetypes such as power gamer. I'm not saying a power gamer is an incorrect player, but I think there are some fundamental things about being a player that can be bad and it can be toxic. 
And that's what I mean by a bad player. Um, and the reason I even, this topic even came to mind is while I was down in Florida, there, there's an old guild I belong to called the Lakeland Role Playing Guild. And mm-hmm. it's headed up by my, my brother, Scott, which you met Scott during. Uh, oh, Jay. yeah, yeah. Um, the listeners may remember listening to Scott if they <laughs> listened uh, way back when. Back in episode one of Gen Con. Yes. Wow, can you believe it's been like six months already? It's it's amazing. <laughs> like, I'm excited to record Gen Con day one, 2014. Just saying. Day zero. This time we will record day zero and publish it. Yes. And Damn we'll, it. And we'll, we'll, we'll do it in the middle of a bar. Oh, well, well maybe. <laughs> at least not at the one we were at. Well, our, if we do, we'll have better equipment and you'll actually be able to hear us. Because if you remember, Scott was the only one you could hear that episode. That, that is true. That is very true. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so Brother Scott uh, heads up this like and role-playing guild. I've been a member for almost 11 years now. And we started up a thing called the, the Game Master College, or the, sorry, the College of Gaming. And it's to help teach players and GMs how to have a better experience with their gaming. Because I think when I got started GMing, at least, I, uh, I had no idea how to prep. I really didn't have a good way of putting together story. It was just like a bunch of monsters go hack and slash. I was really into Diablo at the time. So that was a great, that was a great way of doing it. And through the LRPG, we, we created these, these classes. And one of them, which I got to talk about while I was down there was being a, being a player or specifically how to be a better player in a game. And so I'm going to, if you will, and let me continue my, my uh, piece to present the topic. I grant you your soapbox. Thank you. Stand will, on it well. I, am, I have placed one foot on my soapbox. I am placing the other foot on my soapbox. Oh, there we go. I thought you were going to Captain Morgan pose it for a second there. No, I, I Captain Morgan pose it for the, when the photographer comes around. Oh, okay. Yeah. So what I mean by being a player, um, the, best way to, the best way to describe it is – Ensuring that both you, your players, and the GM have a really good game session. And now given that even if you're the best player, doesn't mean essentially you're going to have a great GM and vice versa, especially if you go to cons. But these tips not only apply to your home game, but they also apply to when you go to cons. Like, for example, if you go to Gen Con, you play in any of the living systems or you play test an RPG. There, in my opinion, there's a way about being a good player. Mm-hmm. Now, I guess I will present the first tip is to embrace the story. As a player, and I mean, as from a GM who's now been in the player shoes and vice versa, um, I think one of the, the most important things you can do is truly embrace a story. If it, for example, if it's a con game, you have a very limited run. You have four hours to play the adventure, right? So yeah, there's going to be a little bit of a linear progression. And yes, you're going to be text box. But that doesn't mean you can't enjoy the story, get into it, role play with it. And because the, the, I think one of the worst things you can do is sit there and just be like, oh, come on, GM. That's a, that's a trope. Like that's a, that, that's a cliche. Come on, man. <laughs> you know, that's the worst thing you can do in my opinion is because then not only are you disrupting your GM, but you're also disrupting all your players. Mm. So I get to call you on this next time you do that, right? 
what say that's <laughs> cliche oh, oh most definitely <laughs> oh, what kills me about being a gm is that you you can't name anything no no you cannot <laughs> it doesn't matter you you just can't name it like there there's nothing you can do you can't random generate it <laughs> You can't think about it for days ahead of time. You can't steal it from somewhere that it, you know it sounds cool. There is nothing you can do. You name something, you will hear snickers around the table instantly, and you'll either get a perverted joke or a movie quote. There is nothing in between. Well, you know what? That's fine. <laughs> what, I, what, I'm, what I'm talking about is – no, Sorry. About- I, had a, I had a moment there. No, no, but what I, what I mean is like when I'm talking about really like calling the GM out, like that's a cliche is when a, if a GM is coming up with a new campaign and he gives the dwarves a Scottish accent, be like, oh, come on, man. Come up with something unique. Blah, blah, blah. You know what? Yeah, no, I, I completely get what you're saying. I mean, there, there there's a lot to be said for, uh, you know, um, what is that old quote? Uh, Good artists imitate, great artists steal. Yes. Uh, uh, or, uh, what something is like that. Uh, imitation is the best form of flattery. Yeah, well, that's a different one. Not the, not the yeah. quote I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah. I'm not trying to be flattering here. I'm trying to steal you and become better than you. Oh, uh, no, yeah. that's true. Well, and this, and this goes back to our book discussion some, but that's going to air later on the show, so it would be confusing. Um, <laughs> but, um, side, side note, listeners, we're talking about books at the end of the show. <laughs> surprise! <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean... <sighs> I, I get what you're saying. I mean, I, I think it's summed up in one of the Pathfinder books I read very well when it just says, don't be afraid to shameless, shamelessly copy. Yeah, um, sure. You know, I, uh, I I recently listened to an episode of another podcast I really enjoy, uh, The Incomparable. Or, I, love the, I love The Incomparable. Yes. Which, until I started watching the show, I always pronounced it incomparable. But now I know it's incomparable. Uh, <laughs> See podcasting for education. Uh, so they 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 did this great radio drama, mm-hmm. and every uh, single skit in that radio drama was a direct rip on something that we were familiar with, and they stole shamelessly. You know, uh, the Tesla thing they did was a rip on Doctor Who. The spooky twist was uh, like the Twilight Zone met. Andy Griffith or something like that. I don't know. I mean, you awesome. had you had uh, the other one they did was a uh, was old Lawrence Welk ripoff uh, with the fog, and then they had the the other chick that was the female Indiana Jones. You know, then listening in there, like how we made this episode, it was all they, they just came out and said it, like you know, yeah, we did all this, we wrote it, we ripped all these things off, and we know what we did, and. Yeah, they had they said it with a lot more panache, but um, yeah, it's it, it's completely valid to lean on those tried and true patterns. Oh, I I concur. Uh, I mean, let's face it. Without that, we wouldn't like the whole world of darkness is one giant cliche. Oh yeah, <laughs> well even even most fantasy settings Pathfinder giant cliche. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay, no, but take any fantasy, any fantasy. Ravenloft, giant, giant, giant cliche, cliche, <laughs> cliche, cliche. Uh, yes. Take a look at uh, Hackmaster. Well, giant cliches in many ways. Yeah. Uh, Munchkin, giant cliche about a giant cliche. Yeah, about a giant cliche. <laughs> but but that doesn't mean you should you should disrupt the story. You should, mm-hmm. in my opinion, to 
to be a good player, even if you see the one thing that if you disrupt the story and you do it purposely, and I'm not talking like you railroad it to the point of no return. Josh, if you're listening to this, I'm still loving the fact that you let me blow up the Vatican. However, I, I read that. Uh, I read that that book. That book. Yeah, <laughs> it's called Dan Brown's. Yeah, uh, that's that's the guy I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah, I can just see Tom. I can see you playing Tom Hanks. Uh, but I was playing a mage, Tom Hanks. There you go. But so wow, this is the worst castaway movie ever. <laughs> or the best? <laughs> no. no. There wasn't a demented angel beneath. Anyway, so. No, is that even if don't worry, the spaceships will save him. Oh, jeez. Anyway, so <laughs> what I'm trying to get at here is even if the story is not a hundred percent good, you know, especially for new GMs, like there's been only one occasion where I've seen a new GM present like a flawlessly executed plot line, hook, line, and sinker from the beginning. He must have had saints of players. No, it was just that good of a plot. <laughs> I'm going to call he bribed them. He did not pay us. <laughs> okay, he didn't, no, all that means is he didn't pay you. Uh, that's true. <laughs> this, that, the, with saints of players, the, to extend into that, uh, I mean to extend on that, is the best thing you can do is if, if, the, if the story is not exactly good, the one thing you can do and to help not only help the GM, but help the table is get into it, role play with it. Maybe you, you throw the GM that extra bone they want when you know, that's not what they want you to do. I mean, that I mean is when you know, it's not what you're going to do, but your character would totally go back to the bar to investigate. Mm-hmm. And you help him set up, or maybe like with when we you just want us to go dig in that storage room. Yeah, I do. But no, when no, for a great example, for both you and myself, one thing that I really like about one of our friends, Dave, is he'll come up with names for you. He'll be like, <laughs> I walk up to the bartender I'm, and I go, what's up, George? And I had no name ready. And George just looks at him and goes, what's up? You know, <laughs> that's that's what I'm talking about is getting into the story. Help the story grow. Yeah. Well, and, and Dave's a great kind of player, too, because I, I think his performances in Cosmic Patrol should earn him some sort of Pulp Fiction Emmy. <laughs> I don't know. I think honestly, I think all of well, yes, him, especially when he plays the mechanic. Yes, that's that's I just can't get that out of my head. You know, where um, uh, Ryan Shining Moment has to be as the bar owner in our world of darkness. Yes. That yes. is where he is able to role play like crazy. Yes. But uh, talking about Cosmic Patrol, that is a great exercise in what I'm describing is being the player helping the story. Now, it's kind of, you know, <laughs> that's the whole point of that system is the helping. Group. Sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> or screwing over your neighbor. But mm-hmm. I, I play it like it's Munchkin. Yeah, well, we all do. <laughs> and we don't really follow the rules of Cosmic Control. We have taken Cosmic Control, butchered out all those stats, and we just plot point every day. But we and, have a lot of fun doing it. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that I think the, the tip still stands is help the story. Mm-hmm. Help it. That's the best thing you can do. I'm going to hold you to that one, Tim. Okay. Okay. All right. Oh, man, that means Saturday I got to help the story. Yeah, yeah. All those kids have gone missing, and you don't even know anything about it. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> don't, worry. don't worry. I don't know what took him yet either. 
Oh, oh, that's bad. Um, <laughs> that's what happens uh, when I roll uh, a random uh, event, uh, and I'm like, on, oh, that on. sounds like a good plot hook. Wait, hold on, hold on. The Jabberwocky took him. There you go. There you go. Mister Mister and Mrs. Jabberwocky. <laughs> oh no! Now wait, oh wait, wait! You weren't helping me come up with names. No. Oh, okay. Sorry. Just Mister and Mrs. Jabberwocky's fine. Okay. Yeah. They're they're wild fae capturing children. Yeah. There you go. No, I, I last game I rolled a random event and it was like Magic Shop gets blamed for disappearing children. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't know what to do next. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, moving on to tip number two. <laughs> embrace the story. Em- tip number one, embrace the story. Tip number two. And this one, this one goes in with embracing a story. So maybe it's one B. Okay. Well, well, first I have a confession to make. Uh Oh, okay. So in the Pathfinder game we've been running, I've had this whole storyline that, um, about this crime lord that was influ- like spreading his influence and you know you guys are kind of on the outskirts of the empire and you know it's hitting your town and you've had to fight off his people in this town and you've kind of shrugged free of his control and you had this big giant epic fight on this island in the middle of nowhere as you rescued a genie and stuff and it was a lot of fun i thought yeah it was good i liked it i i it's zero planning uh-huh. Uh, it all started again from a random event dice roll of uh, two buildings in the same town getting shaken down for protection money. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So that's Fair my enough. confession. That's not a confession. Uh, this is my confession. <laughs> it's definitely not a confession. It's fine. Well, uh, it makes more sense than the. Uh, never mind. <laughs> than the orcs that have an imprisoned genie. No, no, not in prison. <laughs> no, no, she, yeah. she she likes him now. It's been a while. Ah. Okay, fair enough. She has Stockholm Syndrome. Oh, that makes sense, actually. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so so tip 1A is it embrace a story, right? Mm-hmm. So on to, to segue, not segue, to go from that to 1B, which is quit metagaming. Hmm. Now this is a this this tip is very hard for most players and most people to to not really they, it's a, it's a hard habit to break right especially in uh, even it's a it's it's a hard habit to break in older gamers if they've been doing it constantly and it's a really bad habit to teach new players yeah where you know they they know about the the abilities of monsters because they've fought them in other games or they've read the books and i I think that leads to a classic g m sin yes where it's you know and, and Munchkin makes fun of this in a great way where the monster the g m made up himself um well it, however yeah well, you know I consider that to be one of the g m great you know classic g m sins because so many people can't when they do it, they don't do it well. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that. Or the monsters just keep changing because you know, <laughs> no, you can't defeat my Mary Sue. Well, that's that's a completely different different topic altogether. Well, those are path. well, those are two <laughs> those are two classic GM sins, in my opinion. Oh, they they definitely are. But th- that the only reason those sins are committed is because of players metagaming. I won't and, say the only, but I'll give you it's a, it's a good okay. It's, it's a, a good it's a good it's chunk a, of it. Yeah, it's a large factor. Yes, right? yes. Um, if I cannot throw something at my party that the party does not know the rules better than me, I'm going to get frustrated. It's like it looks like a wolf, but no, it has the stats of a giant dragon. 
<laughs> Can you it figure seems- out which flavor? <laughs> Taste the rainbow, bitch. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, buddy! A little bit overboard there. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> No, but no, that's very true, though. Um, and that, as a player, I mean, as a GM who's gone back into the player shoes, it is sometimes rather difficult to to not metagame it. Like, for example, we were playing a game of World of Darkness, and we went up against a mage. Mm-hmm. We did. And no, no, this was a different, different, okay. different story. So not ours. Not not our game. And I've been playing a crap ton of mage. Uh Charles Frost, which was my my mage character, had uh, I knew all the abilities, but the character I was playing now was actually a vampire. And I had no knowledge of what a mage was. I had never seen one before. And so we start getting into a fight. I'm like, and I see he casts one spell and I go, okay, he is this mage. He's going to probably have these ropes. He's going to be doing this, doing that. And I had to catch myself like after that fight. And I, I, I said, okay, guys, I won't do that again. And that's something that's, it's like I said, it's a hard habit to break. And it's, I mean, you see it all the time. Like, for example, while we're playing, you know, we'll we'll discuss like, okay, he can only have like maybe 50 hit points, right, guys? Roughly about 50. Okay, so we fireball him twice. <laughs> or or you have the thing where, you know, sometimes you'll discuss an idea with people and then with your friends and then one of your friends will be on the table and be like, okay, don't worry about that. We're just going to go, we're just going to, we're just going to skip this because there's no point because I already know where the adventure is going to take place. It's over there. And it's that kind of stuff that I think also ruins a game. Well, you know, I have to ask: It's like if you're if you're going to be a stickler about this no metagaming thing. Mm-hmm. I have seen just about every table I've sat at mm-hmm. do the whole. We're going to discuss what we're about to do out of character and not actually do anything while time freezes in the world for twenty minutes mm-hmm. until basically until somebody gets bored of sitting around listening to everyone talk and just does something. Right. Um. Isn't that metagaming? It is. It, oh, it totally is. Um, I actually, my brother Josh has, <laughs> had the ran one of the best tables I've ever had the pleasure of being on mm-hmm. because he would. He, we we were playing World of Darkness. We were playing Far Future World of Darkness, where the the apocalypse had happened and it was all primitive weapons. If you found a gun, it was a relic and to be treasured and bullets were scarce. And- oh, sounds like one of my least favorite authors. <laughs> but however, it was a, it was a very <laughs> fun game because we had a rule on the table was that time ticked. Mm-hmm. We were there. And if you said anything, it was said in game at that moment. And it kept us all on our toes to where I, I've really thought about doing that in our Pathfinder game. I really have. No, try it out. I I find it to be a very good tool to help break that metagaming habit. Yeah. The only thing Josh allowed, and I thought this was fair, was when combat started, he gave he he paused the game and he gave every he gave the party five minutes to come up with a plan. And he did that so that we we could just jump into combat and we just start going. Oh, I don't know. See, I mean I think that's probably even less non metagaming you know uh, you know eventually as you guys fight more and more as a group you're going to start falling into patterns anyway 
Yes. So that's, I hate to say realistic, but because we're talking about fantasy RPGs or we're sitting around pretending to be orcs, you know, but uh, (laughs) eh, it is what it is. But, you know, it's not very plausible or realistic. It's like, hey, uh, can you hold on, Mr. Draco Ditch? I got to talk (laughs) to my team. I'm just going to pause time. Unless they have a pause time spell that won't affect the enemy. I think I think that's still metagaming. Time stop. Yeah, time stop. But that also freezes everybody, including the players. Yeah, see, that's not so useful. That's not so useful. It's it's like it's like the dragon wakes up with his pants around his ankles. I don't know what happened, Mister Draco Ditch. Yeah, um, (laughs) that's about the best use of that spell I think I could imagine at the moment. Yeah, that's true. I mean, just think about like Pathfinder. Well, not Pathfinder, but most books say give them thirty seconds. If they don't have an action in thirty seconds, move on. I don't know if I'd be that strict, but I'm, I, I, I don't think you I don't think you should allow like a lot of crosstalk around the boards like, oh, no, if you do this, I can do this over here. And then, mm. well, but there are some RPGs now built on that, though, the whole concept of that player interaction. Um, I still I, I don't know. I still find well, what you end up happening is you have one or two good people, good players with strategic minds that run everybody in combat. Mm-hmm. Not always. Well, many well, times. Well, but you can't guarantee it, though. That's I've thing. seen it happen. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's like, you know, you have two or three people. It's like, oh, no, if you go over there and you fireball right here, that's a much better shot. Yeah, I've actually played on the table of all of all role players where there was none of us who mm-hmm. really wanted to be the strategist. OK, I, I eventually stepped up and took the role. Yes. Oh, after, is that why y'all died? Oh, sorry. After about three or four, three or four encounters. But yeah, OK, we well, that's all fair. Yeah. 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 So I mean, I, I like the idea of that pause because that also what also that allowed everybody to do was because if we were in constant like as he played it, which was constant time. Mm-hmm. There was not time to like say okay, pause and you go use the restroom or pause and you get a drink. So that also that five minutes let everybody kind of get a drink and talk about what was going on, and so those pauses in combat were actually needed to balance out other aspects of what was going on. <laughs> I can see that you got to have a you got to have a breather. I, I would say, if anything, that should be right after the combat. But eh, that's just me sometimes. But if you get into a really intense like role playing session and then the fight breaks out, mm-hmm. that's a good point to pause because <laughs> everybody's emotions are already running high. <laughs> oh, that's the perfect time. You get to see all that charge like anger when the <laughs> dice rolls on one. You're, no, oh, it's <sighs> I'm going to get a hammer now. Yeah. Come on. You can see it happening. No, it's very true. Yeah. Very true. Sorry. Uh, I don't know what just happened to me. No, no. I mean, it's, that is a very valid point as well. But, <laughs> but it, I'm not talking about just that either. Like if you if you go from that and as you brought up the whole monster manual stuff, like I had a, I had a player on my table who that's <clears> what they did. They read the monster manual backwards and frontwards. Yeah. They knew every monster. They knew all its hit points. Mm-hmm. So one time they're in a city. Uh, the, uh, this evil cult had built a, um, had built a pentagram around the city and had opened up a portal into the abyss. Yeah. And out came some devils. Well, immediately this player went oh Well, I already know what they are. Here's how we need to do it. Blah, 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 blah. Well, so I decided to take the chain devil and I had just recently been on a spawn binge. Um, <laughs> oh, God. So I see where this is going already. All the chain devils suddenly became spawn like. 
or Doc Ock if you want to use a, a, a comic book reference. And, Spawn's a comic book reference. Shh, I know it is. But okay, fine. More mainstream? No, not yeah. really. Your DC Marvel fix. There you go. Yeah, there you go. So, so what they would do is they would the chain doubles would actually use their chains and climb up the walls. Mm-hmm. So they so on the fly, I came up with new abilities and new stats. Yes, that is a little bit of a GM sin. Well, yeah, um, some some okay. For the record, some GMs can get away with that. Some yeah. GMs can't. Yes, but this was one of those things where the the stats were kind of the same. Like I didn't make it to where it was super overpowered, but they had abilities like climbing on walls they had ability to throw their chains and like send them out like scorpius now get over here they had things like that Mm -hmm. and it was to make the players then kind of crap their pants yeah well i mean i i played with a group when i was younger and everyone in this group loved them all Mm -hmm. everyone in this group when you had to start a start something off with i love them all Yes, you knew there's about to be some bad stuff coming. It's it's a big city apology. It's like you know, I'm sorry to lose you as a customer, but <laughs> I need you to leave. <laughs> it's a big city apology, right? Um, no, I, I love these guys. Don't get me wrong, but every single one of them was uh, was a rules guy. Uh, a rules lawyer. Yep. Yeah, I mean, and that's one of those. That's one of the archetypes of the players, right? You have the guys who, and we're talking about them right now. You, they know the rule books. You know, you can like, hey, what's the uh, concealment bonus? And three people say it at the same time without even thinking about it. And um, you know, it trained me to be kind of that way. But I think the problem comes in is when these guys try to correct the GM. You know, it's it's like, yeah, you can know all the rules, you can know all the mechanics, but. You know, don't say, oh, that's not how, not, that's not how uh, that spell works, GM. And he's like, oh, yeah, it does now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's what page nine's for. Yes. But, but, however. You know, it's like, well, it's in your state. It's like, I can imagine that rules guy looking at you and saying, hey, he can't grapple me with his chains. Actually, surprisingly, he didn't say that. He was like, that is really cool. <laughs> that's fair. And that means he was the good kind of the rules person, right? Yeah, you know, he, right. he he wasn't the dick rule lawyer. He was the nice guy rule lawyer. Um, he may know all the rules, but he's not going to call you out unless there's something really major wrong, I guess, right? Yeah. Usually if I did something like like the cover percentage was way off the mark. Mm-hmm. I would all, I would usually default to be like, you're actually right. That's a huge fog of war. My bad. Yeah. Well, you know, and uh, for me, uh, one of those things I, I you know, I, I rolled nine in our game was that uh, I don't think f- magical fire should be forceless. Yeah, I know. I agree with that one full heartedly. And so I said, you know, <laughs> I, I page nine. It's like, no, there is going to be some maybe not quite realistic, but limited blowback if you throw a fireball in an enclosed face you're gonna get a backwash it's going to heat up the door behind you and yeah you might end up sealing it shut and i you know uh i think that's complete like i i don't know i'm I'm sticking to that oh no i i I love i love that aspect there there that is a that is a neat thing to do to people is present them with you know things actually go go wrong like we had uh (laughs) We had we had a wizard who would always come up with these crazy combinations and I would just allow them because they made sense. Yeah. Like the whole, you know, you use grease and then light down fire. That's an old trick, but still, it's still a good example. Well, yeah, I it think is. I think that's like the classic spell combat, right? And how they, yeah. they, they've even encoded that into a lot of the D&D video games. Yes, they have. I mean, it's just 
it's it's a good one to see or yeah. casting uh, having a druid cast bramble roots and then light the roots on fire mm, eventually yeah. especially they the, in the difference of them being rooted for a turn they're on fire and rooted for a tire <laughs> yeah they're rooted for a turn but then they're taking a d6 of damage or if they're supposed to be rooted for let's say d6 rounds and you roll a six uh they probably not gonna be rooted for more than a turn or two because they're on fire yeah. So yeah, the, the 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 roots burn away, and yeah. Yep. At that point, you have to have some idea in your head before damage is rolled. It's like, how many hit points do these roots have? Yes. Well, even before that, like realistically, you know, if they've been on fire for you know twenty thirty seconds, they're going to be a little brittle. So. Yeah, I mean, it would weaken it, but I mean, yep. if, if we're talking like branches the size of your leg, that's true. That's fair. That's it. Doesn't matter. That's going to take minutes to burn mm-hmm. out, if not hours. Oh, no, that's very true. Yeah. Very fair. So, uh, it, it, again, you just have to decide, it's like, how tough are these branches? Is it a bunch of thorns <laughs> that are holding these guys in place? Is it a rose bush? No. Or is it some tree, like a great wood, who's, you know, wrapped its legs around this guy? No, that, yeah, that's very valid points. That is something you'd have to calculate. Or, well, at least think on about. The <laughs> on the fly calculations. Yes. Well, I think it all just boils down to it's like, what is your mental image of Bramble Brutes when you cast it? Are you here being cast? Right? It's like I usually do, I usually do his roots coming up out. I always envision his roots coming up out, coming up out of the ground and thorns sticking out of them. That's always how I. Envision so you them. had like a, a thorny oak wood kind of yes. thing. Yep. Always. It's always yeah. how I've envisioned it. Every time I read a book, I, I've always thought of it more like a um, not not a rose bush, but more like a creeper vine. With like oh, a like okay. a thick vine that would wrap <laughs> around them and and you know and catch them with some thorns. Oh, okay, that makes yeah. sense. You know, yeah. so more more that than like a tree root. Ah, uh, yeah. Enough. So um, that's that's what's always kind of popped in my head about that. And see, two different GMs say two different things. Well, good thing we're not in a game right now. No, we'd be arguing. <laughs> uh, so. So again, uh, so just Rambo for it. Uh, uh, well, I oh God! Have you seen that Agents of Shield show? I have not yet. It's actually on my to do list once it finishes its first initial run. Okay, so I, I will say I think it's getting better. Okay, uh, yeah. the first couple episodes left me kind of. It's like I like this, but I'm not sure if I like it. Oh, okay. One of those instances. Yeah. So you're like, this is cool. I like what they're trying to do. I'm not sure if they're getting there. Uh, I think it's getting better and it seems to be consistently getting better the last few episodes. Mm-hmm. So I'm hopeful. Okay. I think they're trying to do, um, I had a conversation with this with somebody else on too long ago, but it seems like a lot of TV shows will uh, start doing like one-offs at the beginning to get you invested in the characters. Right. And then they start doing, uh, like arcing plots that cross episodes more, right? It's like you'll get hints of it for that first 10, 15 episodes, but really it's just getting you invested in the people. Supernatural is a great example of that. Everything was like one-off urban legends. Oh yeah. At the very beginning yeah, for the first season, it was a lot of, it was yeah. Just a uh, flavor of the week. Yeah. It, it, it was, we're, we're, we're chasing sorry, down the freak. Of, yeah. yeah. Freak. We're chasing down our freak of the week. Yep. It's the boogeyman or it's, you know, the bloody Mary or the scarecrow or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then by the time you got, you got to know Sam and Dean and the people surrounding them, you're like, okay. And then they started building these huge arcing stories. That last whole seasons. Yes. Uh, I think, and I'm beginning to think this is Joss Whedon's problem in all of his recent TV shows mm-hmm. is he skips that first step or tries oh, to the, rush it. Oh, the, uh, the one-offs. Yes. Yeah. Cause, uh, if you think back, like going back to Firefly, 
it was one-offs, but it was it started being the arcing stories really fast. Yeah, I, I which guess I, I mean, which I like. Don't get me wrong, like I like it. But some people don't. <laughs> right. Especially when you're doing like week to week. You haven't these guys aren't gonna be fresh enough in your mind to make you like like them that much. That's true. I, I don't know. Firefly was a little bit different for me because I was hooked immediately. But then again, I it was it was space western. So Yeah. Well, I mean like I said, I liked it. A lot of people obviously do. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, you can't have that much cosplay if nobody likes it. Um That's true. you cannot have that much you know, brown coat support either. Yeah. Brown coat anthem man, stand up. Yep. But, um, you know, you, you gotta have all the support for something like that, but you don't get that level of, uh, you know, I think your more casual person isn't going to get that level of investment instantly. Meanwhile, you exactly. have, a, yeah. meanwhile, you have some, something where it builds slower and you get, you can get there faster. Hmm. Um, uh, dollhouse was another example of that, where they started doing these big overarching plots that were very complicated, and intricate in the first two seasons. Yeah. I, I, now I'm thinking back to dollhouse. You are actually right. Right. You know, I mean, it, it, again, you had the one-off element, but it was, that was kind of the vehicle to get to the overarching plots. Know what I mean? No. Yeah. Yeah. That's, everything got really quiet there. I thought you hung yeah, up. No, I was actually thinking about it going, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh, um, yeah. Okay. You're right. <laughs> and I, and I fear that agents of shield has fallen in that same thing. Mm. Where it's, you know, it's it, it, it didn't do the freak of the week too long. It's like the second or third episode is a is a is a group in a box episode. They're on they're on a plane the entire episode. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. I mean, and those kind of things work, but normally you don't see those until later in a, in a series run where they're right. like because they, they they reminisce about stuff that's happened or. They're they're you already are already invested in them, so you're watching it just and they're just telling like, okay, well, at this point in you know the the thing they're reviewing, no, yeah, well, it wasn't a flashback episode, oh, but it was they were trapped in this enclosed space the whole episode. Oh, okay, sorry, I thought I thought you were talking about like flashback episodes. Oh God, no, flashback episodes only work that early in a series if you have something pre-show to flashback to, and then it's not really a flashback episode. No, you're introducing new content. Yeah. So, <laughs> and don't even get me started on flashback episodes. I just, I, I, they're an abomination to anyone who binge watches TV shows like I do. It's like watching, I love, I love Stargate, love Stargate, mm-hmm. but watching SG1, seeing those episodes, it's like I watched this yesterday and I'm seeing cuts from it. Yeah. Uh, I'm the same way though. I binge, I binge TV shows. So when you do get the flashback episode, it's kind of one of those. Mm hmm. Oh, and don't even get me started on the 3D episodes. The, okay. They don't age well. Then let's not talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so backtracking. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the reason I brought it up was in the most recent episode, they had a really funny moment where two of the geeky, pe- like two of the geeky tech people on the plane mm-hmm. look at each other, and they're trying to decide who's going to do something, and they just say, Rashambo for it? Mm-hmm. And one of them's a guy, one of them's a girl. Right. And so instead of instead of kicking each other, they they just they jank for it, you know, rock right. paper scissors, you know, rock paper scissors. Okay. Yeah, so it just made me laugh. It's like that's nice. not that's not Ramshambo. No, that's not Rochambeau. No, yeah, that's no. not Rochambeau. Watch South Park; they'll show you Rochambeau. Yeah, yeah. Like Hartman they, always loses. Yeah, no, that's yeah. not true. He's actually won a couple. Anyway, <laughs> but so they're so doing they, it wrong, Jim. They're doing it wrong. <laughs> but the original, the whole original point is you got to stop. You got to stop metagaming. Yeah, like I think it's I think it's one of the the biggest detractors for continuing a game, right? Yeah. So 
tip two, and surprisingly, we've talked about this, Brian. You and I have, have discussed this. I believe it was episode four in our, our Ten Commandments of Gaming or Game Night. Sorry. Who are you? <laughs> Shush. <laughs> but no, it wasn't episode four. It was like episode seven or eight. Or something. No, uh, no, it is, no, it is. I think it is four. four. That, that was our yeah. last good episode. Yes. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, episode. So that episode. You ruined the bit. Anyway. Yeah, I know I did. I'm, I'm sorry. But in there, you know, the, the, actually, the next two tips actually come from that. Actually come from that episode. Okay. Well, then we don't have to talk about it too much. We can just tell people to go listen to the old episode, right? Well, kind of. Because that totally works. That never works. You should go listen to episode four, though. Um, the first one is minimize distractions not only for yourself, but for uh, for the group. And so, during the co- the the you know college of gaming, one of the exercises we do is we have we have the newbie GMs because the whole point of this program, by the way, side story, the whole point of it is to help them become better GMs so if they can run guild games and everybody, you know, it helps them grow as a GM and they can run really good guild games. And so one of the trials they have, we have them do is we have them put together an adventure for, for, for the, the people who head the college in a sense. And then we be every bad player archetype. <laughs> and we do it purposely. So one of mine was be the distractor. So the person's presenting it and I wait a couple minutes. I get my character sheet. I don't do what one of the guys does with character sheets. So one of the other bad player types for con games is the nitpicker, which is every little thing on the character sheet you have to nitpick. Like uh, this warrior only has 16 strength. I should have an 18. I want to take it off my constitution, bro. I just nitpick the character sheet. But anyway, um, but the distractor, my primary job is to disrupt the flow of the game every second I can. And one of ours was like, put your phone away, right? So minimize your distractions, quit reading Twitter, quit reading Facebook, quit going, Oh, look at this really awesome thing I found. We are all notorious of it. I'm notorious for it, of it. You're notorious for it. Everybody at our table's notorious for it. And mm-hmm. distractions doesn't have to be just your phone. Mm-hmm. It can be the chatter that happens at the table, which is why I think it's a great idea if you want to implement this rule, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> which rule is this? The everything that you say is live on table. Oh yeah. I, I really am thinking about it. <laughs> I really am thinking about it. think think they'd hurt me. No, I I I back you up on it. I'm not sure they that might, would help. No, no, no. <laughs> but no, what I mean is like for us, like we'll discuss a new game we're all playing, or we'll talk about paints, or we'll talk about War Machine, or we'll worst talk about, we talk about work. Yes, work is the worst. But what I mean by that is quit being an attraction, and it, it goes the same for yourself though. Like I I will fully admit it that you know when we're playing, if I'm not in scene. I will go use my phone. Mm-hmm. I will go sit there and I'll be like, what's on Reddit do, do, to do? And it's really, I mean. That well, see, pers- the plus side of that is it stops you from metagaming because you have no idea what's happened for the last yes. 15 minutes while you were off camera. And as soon as it comes back to you, you're like, huh? That is true. <laughs> but the problem with doing that, though, is. Is, and, is, when we, is when we say, oh, my God, look at this God, funny cat that, photo. Right. And that's Have you ever seen a cat be this cute? 
not only not only do you become the distraction to yourself, but then you you infect the rest of the team. Yeah. So, I mean, it is something that you you have to stop doing. Yeah, and I would love it if we could implement a no cell phone rule. I would love to have a no cell phone rule in my life. That would be amazing. I would come home if I had the privilege. (laughs) I would come home every day and I would set my cell phone on a charging dock and turn it off. Yes. (laughs) And I would turn it on the next morning on my way out the door. I agree. I have not won the laundry yet. I do not have this freedom. (laughs) You don't have the freedom to travel the world and not care anymore. Or just not answer my damn phone. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. But no, so again, this is part of that trial I was talking about is to do that. And so I have made some people get really upset. And from, from a GM perspective, it's very upsetting to have a disruptive player. As a player, it's upsetting to have a disruptive player. So that's tip number two. Quit being the disruption. Wow, it's going to take us forever. How many tips are these? I don't know. I've They're coming out of my head as I'm talking. I'm sorry. <clears throat> I was just wondering. You started numbering. I assumed you had a list. Uh, well, I'm doing a number. I don't have a, a list because the list kind of grows. Because yeah. sometimes, you know, as, as time goes on, this list does grow. I feel like I'm being the disruptor against your list. You are being the disruptor against my list. Will you be the disruptor against my list? I will. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, this isn't how how to be a better host. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, that's that's the underlining of all podcasts. So you either learn what to do or what not to do. <laughs> this is true. So so tip three, and this one this one is again it goes references back to to our t- top ten commandments. Of, I mean the ten commandments of game night. Yeah. So don't be a dick. I'm sorry. No, but... Oh, wait, I was the GM. Never mind. Yeah, you were the GM. It's fine. You're the GM. But no, I mean, don't be a dick. And this is going to go into what we were just talking about, rules lawyers. There is... Like, I like having a rules lawyer on the table. I think it's good because sometimes I do miss things. Like, I forget that Keen drops it by this amount. Or I miss that, yeah, actually the players do get a bonus for doing this. Or or how a double Keening a weapon plot works. That's always been confusing. Yes, but that's my point is having a rules lawyer is good. But from the rules lawyer archetype, and I've had a couple friends who are rules lawyers admit this, is sometimes you go too far and you walk that fine line between being a good rules lawyer and being the dick rules lawyer. And unfortunately, most archetypes fall into the latter of those categories. Yeah. But Well, you know, and I, mean, I think when you start questioning the plausibility of non-concrete rules – it's like, you know, the, the base rules of combat in most RPGs is pretty concrete, right? Yeah. And you don't just suddenly break those rules. Right. You know, um, but, you know, if there's like, oh, wow, I thought he was only a only 11 hit die. And now he's casting something. He must be a 13 hit dies to cast that <laughs> spell. Yeah. Right. I mean, and, and you start calling out for stuff like that. I mean, that's when I think it starts getting more questionable. It's like, you don't know. Back off. <laughs> Yeah, your character doesn't know. Yeah. yeah. It's like, no, it doesn't even matter. You are not looking at this piece of paper in front of me. You do not see the NPC's character sheet. <laughs> Back off. You don't know what his pluses are. You can try to figure it out. Go for it. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And, mm-hmm. and it, that goes the same way for – so the, the the reason we use this one specifically during the, the, the College of Gaming is you don't – 
you don't for con games is what I'm trying to get. Sorry, is for con games because it, inevitably there's always that guy at a con game who is there to ruin everyone's fun. Yeah, because usually that person has no table to go back to. Mm. Yeah, or, and that they, they, they've lost their invite. Yes, and so they take it out on everybody else. And so well, I don't know if it would be necessarily. I'm sure in some cases it is vindictive. Sometimes, but I think it's in some cases the thing that caused them to lose their invite elsewhere <laughs> might cause them to lose their invite at the t- at the con table too. No, that's true too. I don't care if you put in your tickets. You need to leave, sir. Yes. Do not make me call over security. Yes, I know it shouldn't have been possible to deal 105 points of damage with one arrow through your eye. But it happened. Your character's dead. I need you to leave. Yes. Yeah. There. Well, that's a whole another. That's a whole another topic on how to disrupt the the dick player. But <laughs> that is a good way. Uh, just kill him. Just kill him. Um, rocks fall. Everyone dies. Rocks fall, and that that's the only guy that died. Um, but yeah. you know, we again with the people that are around the table for the the test night have someone that they are just belligerent to other players. Like, like for example, um, there, there was a, there's a really good movie. Actually, you got it to me for Christmas, which is uh, darkness rising. Uh, Gamers of darkness. Rising. Yeah. I haven't seen that yet. We're going to have a movie night. Let's just put it that way. Promises. No, no, we have to like, I, everybody should see this film. Okay. Um, They, there's, there's a point where it's the end of the adventure. Mm-hmm. And the, one of the characters makes a decision for story, not to be this epic thing. They did it for story. It made sense for the story. And there's a player who just throws everything there and tells you're stupid. This I'm never gaming again because you're an, you're you know you you don't know what you're doing. You ruined all my fun. Blah blah blah. Don't be that player. You know what? If a player makes a mistake. In if they actually do make a real mistake, not that that was a mistake, but they do help them, correct them, say, hey, you could have done this differently. If they do it for story, let them just do it for story. There are some people, that's what they want. That's the whole point of the story well, archetype. Well, no, I mean, but that's of any RPG archetype, really. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, the character I played in your game, Victor. The one that walked around in the park by himself a lot? No, Victor. Oh, Victor. Oh, the the uh, the dwarf. Yes. Yeah, the dwarf. The Victor the dwarf. Yeah. yeah. I fully expected him to die every game. What? And somehow, <laughs> somehow, you managed to let him live. <laughs> well, he wasn't going to live after the next adventure. <laughs> All the crime lords were ready. <laughs> I'm sorry, but, you know, he had he had his personal motivations. And he was out to achieve those things. And he put himself on the line week after week to achieve those. And it was stupid ideas just about every time. Yeah, that's true. But um, and he had zero combat skills. If you had ever cornered him in a combat, if his diplomacy rolls had failed, he was dead. He had the metal gauntlet to slap people with. Yeah, it dealt 1d2 damage. So? (laughs) (laughs) That could be that can make or break, dude. Just and it was like, a glove. It was a glove. It was a nice, like, lordly glove. It just happened to have metal plates in the back. Right. <laughs> so you could back in. <laughs> Gotta keep your pimp hand strong. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't you also make it to where it actually like also like uh ejected uh talc at the same time? 
No, but that would have been awesome. That would have been awesome. Is that is that what you were picturing every time I did yes. it? Yes, every time. <laughs> it all makes so much sense now. I was playing a, a 1500s French dandy. Yes, you were. <laughs> he just happened to be a dwarf <laughs> with a bad Scottish accent <laughs> or Irish accent. Irish accent. Uh, it was actually if it mixed. Yeah, well, I, I can't do it. I, I have a hard time holding any accent. I was amazed I did it for that long. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. But yeah, no, that's no, that's very true. Um, but you see, you didn't. But you, like, players weren't dicks towards you. You guys weren't. You weren't dick towards someone else. You, no one was a dick towards me. And that's the important thing: is don't be a dick. As the golden mm-hmm. rule states, and we'll stay stay dig and don't be a jerk. Don't be a jerk and, and have, fun. have fun. Yeah, I do feel kind of bad because you had a plot somewhere in that campaign, and I don't know <laughs> what it was. I don't even remember. At one point, I was like, "We're just gonna let this go." Yeah, <laughs> I, I turned your plot-driven game into a into a sandbox, mm-hmm. and uh, I felt kind of bad about that. Ah, it's not that big of a deal. I th- but everybody had fun, and that's all that I at, at the time. Even at the time, that's all I was worried about. The the best the best moment of that whole game was was naked was was naked cleric <laughs> being chased by a bounty hunter who ran into trees actually I, you know my my favorite part of it was when that same cleric later in the game turned against my <laughs> character and tried to take me down and almost got me almost oh, got me but didn't get there no nope. money is too important now he's feeding some <laughs> fishes or something oh he uh, ran away he got away yeah yeah he got away he ran away at the very end i turned him into an npc yeah, we just we just never got back to that game. We never did. So the so funny thing about um, so there's a there's a three there's a three B to this one too is and it's part of don't be a dick, but it's also to say is minimize your inner party fighting. What I mean by that is you know if 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 you're playing if you're playing if you want to play a paladin and you know the group you're playing with is all playing bad characters. <laughs> I'm just saying, don't do it. Like, let's not do that. Um, so I guess. Oh, we had somebody try that. Remember? Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, I know. But so, so, so tip. I guess it's three B and tip four. So three B is minimize the the inner party conflict, right? So, well, uh, well, no, 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 no. I think I think it's that trying to not be a, a disrupting factor, right? Right. Because I mean, at that point, you're just going to turn it into a, 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 a. At best case, it's a like you split the party in roughly half the good guys versus the bad guys. And you wage war against each other. No. What are you talking about? That first session, that paladin's dead. Well, that was because it was one good, one lawful good guy versus a party of neutral to evil guys. I'm just saying, Yeah, but yes, but no, what I'm trying to get at there is not even about being a disruption is what I mean by the inner part of conflict is also keep that to a minute. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have fights or like, for example, if you have your character and they are like, if you're playing the Druid and they're like, Hey, we're going to come trounce through this forest. We're going to cut down trees. We're going to find them. And the Druid's like, no, no, you're not. That's fine. Cause it's part of story. It's like, like with the guy who played the naked cleric, he finally had enough. Mm-hmm. And his character's like, no, we are doing evil things. I can't be a part of this. And that was beautiful. It was, it was within the story. It made sense. Yeah, it, no, it was great. But it didn't take over the game. 
Well, it did for that session, but that was fine. No, no, no. I meant, but the inner party fighting me, if it becomes to the point where it's taking over the game, yeah. like every, every scene is the party fighting over something or fighting over this or fighting over that. Unless you're playing with a game where you are playing like Promethean, where Promethean corrupts everything and everybody hates Promethean and all of a sudden everybody starts hating each other. Fine. <laughs> I think the real thing you're trying to get at is if it gets down to the point where people are no longer having fun due to inner party conflict, Cut it out. Right. Well, but I, this is supposed to be from the player perspective is try to I, it's that don't be a dick because that's what you're doing in interparty conflict sometimes is you're just being a dick. Yeah. Well, and that's that's the thing, right? Some some groups have enough players where you can you can have that interparty conflict and everyone just gets into it. Yeah. Other groups are going to be, you know, pissed off that their uh, their plans of world domination are, are being thwarted <laughs> because you won't, you know, uh, give them the thing you they need or because you hate short people or whatever. You know, it's uh, and, and they get and they it ruins their fun of the game. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. goes back to the same thing. Don't be a dick. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and I think everything, we, everything we talk about in this podcast ends up coming back to don't be a jerk, have fun. Yeah. yeah. And it's because, you know, there are so many ways for us to ruin other people's enjoyments. I, I really think if we, if we want to sum the whole principle here, it's put yourself in the other person's shoes, try to think, it, are they having fun? And if they aren't having fun, look at yourself and see if it's your fault. True. And if it is, cut it out. Agreed. You know, and find a way for you to have fun without stopping other people from doing it. Very true. Very true. Okay. I I think I just killed the topic. I think you just killed the topic because, like, I think that is a great way to end the topic, though. Yeah. All the tips, the rest of these tips are going into very niche things, so I'm not even going to bring them up. We've gotten the core of what it means to be a good player. And you've 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 hit the nail on the head. Well, and and I think that goes for players, GMs, storytellers. You know, the guy that delivers pizza. We can't forget him. He's important. What about the Chinese delivery guy, though? Uh, I can't, I don't have that available to me here, so I don't think he actually exists. Oh, oh no, he exists. Really? I, yeah, I not, he, not here, but he does exist. I, I thought, know he exists. I know. I, I know. Yeah. I hear they live in California. They they also live in Florida. Ah. Yeah. Ah. There's also, there's also the the random restaurant delivery person, like thing like here in Alabama we have Grub South. Yeah, but again, I don't have that here. I don't think it's real. It's real. All I have is delivery steak and delivery pizza. Yes. Yeah. So, like I said, yeah. respect your pizza delivery guy. He keeps the party going. Tip well. Mm-hmm. Or tip him a lot of money and ask him if he wants to stay and play the game. <laughs> Quit your job. Come pull the table. We got an extra character sheet. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to bash my head on the glass. Hold on for a second. Don't worry. Uh, it's shatterproof. It, actually, this one is. To a certain extent, I could technically. Anyway. But no, I mean, these are things. These are things. And this is something I would like to talk about more in the future is these college gamings. Because I think. I don't think a lot of people realize – well, not a lot of people. Let me rephrase Well, I, and I want to apologize because I end up dissecting a lot of these topics that we're trying to talk at a very high level. And I always like boil them down to the essence of don't be a jerk. Have fun. <laughs> no, that's, no, 
I don't think you should apologize because that's true. Because pretty much when we when we look at all this, that's really what we're getting at. But sometimes you need that higher level. Well, yeah, we're giving you examples of how you're being a jerk and not have and, and stopping people from having fun. So from now on, everybody, we're going to start the podcast with "Don't be a jerk and have fun." <laughs> Actually, here's a show really title. Show title. Nice. So. This is actually – this is coming from pragmatic thinking and learning is uh, I'll always consider the context, right? That's one of the first tips you, you learn is always consider the context. I challenge every player going forward, be you a role play gamer, be you a hobby gamer, be you a card player going to a major tournament. Write down, don't be a dick. Have fun. I think we need a bumper sticker. Don't be a dick. Have fun. <laughs> yeah. Sponsored, sponsored by Epic Turn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we have to do this. <laughs> we have to do this. But first, I need artwork. <laughs> Damn it, oh, Kyle's gonna be called Anyway, but no, I mean. I, I want to continue some of these these college of gaming that you know. Yeah, we can I, we can make it a series. No, I, I, I thank you. <laughs> college of gaming part one. Don't be a dick. Have fun. Don't be a dick. Have fun. Or also known as how to be a better player. <laughs> wow, we're writing a Christopher Moore novel now. <laughs> yes, we are. Lamb or Biff the uh, the gospel according to Biff Christchild. Ah, Lamb the gospel according to Biff Christ childhood pal. <laughs> yes, this is. <laughs> Oh wow, yeah. Or what's the other one? Um, oh, he has he has so many good ones. It's like fluke or how I know why the winged whale sings. Yep. Uh, um, the practical guide to demon keeping. Yes. Um, yeah. There's uh, the lust lizards of melancholy cove. Oh, that one's really good. I love that book. Yeah. Or the, the Isle of the Sequin Love Nuns. Yes, that was also very good. And I know he's come on with some since then, and I haven't read any of his stuff in a while. But I, I every couple of years I have to pull out Lamb and. Lamb is just really good. Yeah. Hey, well, you know, got to discover coffee somehow. Somehow. Well, you know, and you also make cappuccinos that way, too. Yeah, yeah. A little goat milk, some cinnamon. Mmm, cappuccino. Mm-hmm. But I think... I, I think, think we've so. completely lost everybody in this episode. Probably. We have no <laughs> listeners after this. <laughs> or we have more. But no, I think uh, we'll continue this series because it's a really fun topic. And there's a lot of... There's a lot in here. Like, one of my other favorite topics... To talk about is GM prep. I love talking about GM. Wow, shelve it. Sorry, shelved. It's ready. Okay, that's because next week we have uh, a guest. Yeah, it's it's the first reoccurring guest. I can't in Epic Stern history. And he is he actually he's actually going to come back. I can't believe he's that he's that foolish. Nice. Well, he's a rock. He's a rock solid guest, my good sir. Yes, yes. He, he, uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> Do you just like have a notebook that you like sit there? It's like, I'm going to come up with horrible puns. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you should let Esteban read your notebook sometime. <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have a notebook to write down random things I think of during the day. <laughs> and and when you when, at retrospect, when it's full, it's going to be like seventy five pages of puns, twenty pages of doodles, five pages of useful information, <laughs> and then I will publish it. Yes, <laughs> and work for some of our favorite authors. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yep. But 
No, but seriously, we have a great guest for next episode. Mm-hmm. Excited. He is a recurring guest of the show. I I can't wait to talk to him because we're going to be talking about two of his games. So excited. Yeah, yeah, and we'll try to pry every little bit of future knowledge we can out of him. And a lot of errata. Mm. <laughs> anyway, but that's <laughs> close us out for tonight, everyone. Uh, we also, oh, oh, oh. So another thing we're going to try and we got to figure it out. And what we'll probably do is, I'm still researching, is trying to do a show live. Oh, yes, yes. Um, Yeah, we've, uh, I know there's a lot of different ways. I mean, we can do Twitch streaming, Google Hangout streaming, and um, there's uh, the way that some of the other podcasters do it, where they actually take the live um, recording feed and just push it out. Um, Yeah. It's a crapshoot, but we're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think it would help us like force ourselves. It's kind of like it's kind of like when you're saying, you know, uh, you're at the table mm-hmm. and everything you say is live. Yeah. And you can't just go out of character and, and talk off and talk off. Yeah. Imagine doing a show like that. Oh, I think we can do it. I know we can do it. I don't know if we should do it, but I want to do it. Then let's do it. Let's do it. OK, we're going to make it happen this year. That is the new epic term motto. If we want to try it, we're just going to do it. I think we did that last year, too. <laughs> we did. This year more so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so that's going to close us out, guys. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Epic Turn. You can find all our show notes at epicturn.com forward slash episodes forward slash 21. You can follow us at Epic Turn. The ho- your host can be found at Kelton for Brian and at Telshin for myself. And please don't forget to subscribe subscribe and rate us on iTunes because we appreciate all the feedback and all the subscriptions. Please subscribe. (laughs) And until next time, have yourself some epic turns. Bye. Bye. You, You have not listened to Accidental Tech Podcast at all, have you? No, not yet. It's I've queued it. Just I've been reading. So yeah, I've been reading, I've been reading too. and not listening. Yeah, I was going to ask you what you've read. Uh, actually- I, I've been reading the Anita uh, Anita Blake series. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I, I'm on book eight now. Jesus. No, thank you. I, you know, it, I, I've always enjoyed her writing and I, you know, and really, I think we have her to thank a lot for some of the um, like genesis of that genre. You know, the whole mystery, urban fantasy, kind of a little dark and gritty. You know, she predates Dresden by 10 years, almost. She predates um, the True Blood series. She does not. I don't think she predates Rice. Uh, They they were contemporaries. Mm, Um, They came out. They came out at about the same time. I always thought I always thought Rice was way before everybody. Uh, Let's see. Interview with a vampire release. Date. Easy way to uh, easy way to know for sure. Actually, interview with a vampire is a year later mm. than um than the first Anita Blake book. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. So I mean, um, you know, I know that later in the series she gets like extremely sexual. Um, but as of book seven, there's only been one sex scene. Hmm. Oh. Um, and it and it didn't show up until until book six, and the book seven was you know, clean comparatively. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and then book eight so far, I haven't seen any, huh. Interesting. but yeah, no, uh, her for, uh, the first book, guilty pleasures came out in 93. Hmm. The main okay. character has a beeper instead of a cell phone. 
weird. Yeah, but other than that, the the book holds up incredibly well. It doesn't really show its age like you would think it might. Um, and I've been incredibly incredibly impressed by the consistency of the quality so far. You know how like a lot of authors have their strong and high points throughout the books. Yeah, there's always like that one book in the series that's way better than the rest, et cetera, et cetera. I haven't seen that so far. It's like there are scenes that are amazing and there are an occasional scene that you're like, I could do without this, but it's important. But I haven't had anything that's like, this is a waste of space. Mm. Like the last five Suki Stackhouse books. Or all of Suki Stackhouse in general. No, like the first... Several were good, and there was a couple in the middle that were okay. And after that, I I, I think she got confused. <laughs> and apparently, we're having a book talk as our post episode role. Great. So, what have you been reading, Tim? <laughs> uh, actually, uh, pragmatic thinking and learning has been what I just wrapped up for my um, career read. Mm. Yeah, an hour, right? I, I read the first part of that book where it talks about how like your brain is a, a two cycle computer. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, I never got back to finishing it. I guess my computer went off on some other tangent. Yeah, probably your your elbow took over and told you to go put it in the trash can. Uh, it's around here somewhere. I couldn't tell you where. <laughs> yeah, it's actually a really good read. Uh, there's a lot of things that I've learned from it that I'm incorporating into my everyday life. Mm-hmm. which I thought was you know, that one thing that it's kind of like, you know, most people when the new year's resolution, when new year's resolutions come about, they, uh, they'll, they'll pick goals or they'll do those like life hacks to help uh, increase efficiency word. in their life. Um, yeah. Uh, unfortunately I hate, I hate saying this, but they never mm-hmm. work out. Like I wrote mm-hmm. a, I actually no. wrote a huge blog post about new year's resolutions. Mm-hmm. It wasn't huge. It was like five paragraphs. Yeah, but, no, I read it. It was pretty good. Yeah. I and mean, for you, that was prolific. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> no, I mean, I was like, wow, uh, yeah, this doesn't make sense anymore. And so, like, my one of my goals this this upcoming month, is, I mean, for, like, every month is a goal. Um, and one of the, the goals is to read a book every month. Because last year, I said that was my New Year's resolution, was read a book every month. Mm-hmm. As a January came, I read a book. February came, I didn't read a book. March came, I didn't read a book. April came, and I read a crap ton of Harry Dresden books. That's what I was too behind. Was that when I was reading them too? Yes, yes, because uh, I picked up I picked up uh, Ghost Story and Frozen Days. Isn't that the the new one? Um, um, something like that. I forget the names of them. I can look it up, but whatever. Ah, uh, yeah. So that was, I mean, I, I was reading those two while you were making your way back through this, you know, from the start of the series. Yeah, I burned through those pretty quick. Yeah, they're good reads. And oh, then, yeah. And then I didn't read anything for a bit. Mm-hmm. Then I picked up, <laughs> that was, and then I picked up a bunch of books. I started thumbing through them and reading them, but I couldn't settle on them. So yeah, so my New Year's resolution was completely blown out of the water. And <laughs> the the whole idea of at the beginning of the year setting these resolutions instead of, you know, small bite-sized goals and turning the goals into a bigger picture was just Yeah, it, it was a it was better to do it that way than the resolution because at least this way I I'm seeing progress instead of, you know well, I guess you could if you said, you know, read a book a month. That's bite-sized goals in a sense, but well, when you're when yeah. you're tackling when you're tackling something larger, say like learning a new language, be it either, you know, technical or you know, verbal, 
even so much as to like the one of the new hobbies I'm picking up this year. It's not really a, a goal, but it is something I want to toy around with is learning how to cook Japanese food. So I did everything okay. that you're supposed to do for the SMART goal is I laid out a plan. Uh, step one was buying all the needed materials. So I, I, I got all new knives. I got cutting boards. I mm-hmm. got hooks. So next step is to order all my, the other part of the material, which is the food aspect. And then just torturing everybody in this building with Japanese food. There you go. Cause we all know that if it sucks, I'm going to go give it to the neighbors and say, Oh, I just cooked this really delicious takoyaki. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, what you're uh, saying actually echoes someone, someone I fall in line is Merlin man, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Merlin. Love Merlin. And, yeah. Uh, and he, uh, he talks a lot about New Year's resolutions, and I'm trying to find the blog post where he talked about it. But he's basically, you know, says they're not worth doing, and you you have to make a commitment to change your life. And it's the same kind of thing I think you're saying. Oh yeah, yeah. Essentially, it's it's it, yeah, <laughs> pretty <laughs> much going, right. It's we're we're going in circles at this point, but yes. <laughs> change your partner. Wait, what? Mm-hmm. Here it is: fresh starts and modest changes. Yep, I think I actually read that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was thinking about my posts, I was like, you know what? I have to get this out. You know, I have to get this on paper. Just like my my other my other goal is to write a blog post a week. Mm-hmm. To help. And it's supposed to serve twofold. It's supposed to help supplement the show. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to help me increase my vocabulary. Yes, yes. The 500 words you know are not serving you well enough, my friend. No, I need to do about 2,000 more. Yes, yes. But anyway, I know what I'm getting you for, 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 well, Hanukkah or something. Oh, oh God. Is it a dictionary? No, it's a word a day calendar. Oh, damn. I thought it was going to be a thesaurus. No, that's a thesaurus. <laughs> By the way, we, we've, we have, uh, we have yet to talk about the show. So yeah, but well, I mean, we, we could segue right from here because, <laughs> you know, we have, we, we talk about new year's resolutions and how we're both saying they're kind of worth, not worth doing, but yeah. not like a week ago. We had a conversation about the show. About doing New Year's resolutions. <laughs> about like what was our New Year's resolutions for the show? <laughs> well, what's messed up is so I was down in Florida celebrating Christmas with, you know, my mom. And I was reading Pragmatic Programming and Thinking mm-hmm. while I was down there as my um, – it's kind of like a, a night – because it's, it's not really technical. And I was doing my best to avoid anything technical over <laughs> my Christmas break. As one should when you get away from work, defocus, yes, yes. if you will. Well, you know, b- before I before I was a uh, a technical person for my day job, and I was a retail manager, I stayed up all my spare hours and late into the night doing all this stuff. And now when I get home, I just want to stare at this wall and cry. Please don't cry. It makes me cry. <laughs> okay, I'll hold myself together for you. <laughs> but no, I mean that was where I I came to the you know while reading about smart and. Um, Reading, I did read some things from like Merlin Man, and there's a. I'm going to lose track of everybody as there's a bunch of uh, append on the appendix. There's a ton of entries, and I started reading through them while I was down there. And mm-hmm. Yeah, that's when I realized the show we can't just go with the whole New Year's resolution thing. No, no, I don't think we should. But you know, we we do have to make commitments to fixing the problems we've seen. Yeah, and we're slowly getting there. Yeah, and, and one of the things like I've been thinking about doing is just killing the intro. At least okay. you know, I mean. Maybe maybe we can give it a try. If people complain about it, no one's going to complain. If people complain about it, we can bring it back. I mean, it's our show. We can do what we want. It is. But I think at the minimum, I think I will say welcome to the next episode of Epic Turn. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, 
Okay. Well, hey, I'm here. Let's do this. Hey, I'm your host, Tim, and that's Brian. And now we're going to talk about random stuff in the hobby gaming industry and personal life. Oh, God. (laughs) You just replaced one well-written intro with one ad hoc intro, and I don't know. (laughs) I'm testing it. I'm testing it. Leave me alone. I don't know. But (laughs) regardless, I say uh, we start the show by saying hi, and we go from there. Hmm. Hello. <laughs> no, uh, but, uh, no. no, I mean one of the, I mean that's very true with the show. We're we're gonna be, you know, transforming a lot of what we do over the, the course of this year. Uh I think one of our biggest things we need to do is just allow it to be more free form. Mm-hmm. Um we discussed this round and round and round and round one day. Yeah, it, there's there's a fine line <laughs> between having a structure and having <laughs> a topic and having and having chaos you know so, so it's a peace symbol uh is if everything if it's a circle and then there's a fine line between yeah okay never mind um or are we doing venn diagrams now uh, uh, I, th- I think that's, tur- i think it's more of a venn diagram i can go with turn, that an epic turns in the middle yes oh, yes okay. or you have chaos <laughs> on one side and you have topic on the other and it's we're gonna structure. try to fit in the middle um, <laughs> With, with some structure somewhere throughout here. Yeah, well, that's where the lines come in because without that, you everything escapes. And there you go. Then you have Ragnarok. Oh, mm, Ragnarok. Where is Odin? Mm. Uh, anyway, oh, so, you would be shocked at how much of those books I'm reading have uh, have Norse references, particularly in context of the werewolves. Uh, I'm not really surprised. I mean, think about it: is that most werewolf games that I've ever read? Mm-hmm have all been either very shamanistic or pagan in a lot of ways. Now, so that, I think it'd be hard to have, you know, Protestant vampires. You mean Protestant werewolves? Yeah. Well, or both either. Uh, both. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Well, I mean, especially for, you know. Yeah. Vampires. Yeah. But I'm not surprised by that. Really uh, okay. Maybe surprise is the wrong word. I think it's kind of cool though. I mean, <laughs> oh, it's the, a neat little thing. the, uh, the head of the werewolf pack is called the Ulfric. Um, which is a reference to some something in Norse mythology or uh, nobility or something like that. I don't know. They go into it a lot in the books. It's fun. Very cool. Yeah. Anyway, enough about the books. Anyway. Can you hear me? I can hear you, Timothy. Tonight on Epic Turn, we're going to talk about being a player. Being a player. Being a player. Being a player. Because you know the best games are always done by players. Don't hate the player. Hate the GM. Oh my God. Never mind. I can't do this. Peace, man. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs>